You are listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast, an honest and non-judgmental discussion on faith in God and the doubts we often have, why it's sometimes difficult to trust God, and how we can know with a surety that He loves us. This show centers on strengthening and rebuilding our faith after loss, tragedy, or when coming to Christianity from a non-Christian or pseudo-Christian worldview. Now, here is your host, Gene Curl. Hello and welcome back to Recovering Faith. Today's episode is 73. No, it's this is episode 74. Today's episode is probably going to be a little bit shorter than it normally is, but I have a pretty good excuse today at work. I managed to smack my head and cut open a gash in my head and then I had to have the uh, had to have the lady that takes care of the payroll to uh, help me out and stop the bleeding because I was just outside of her office when it happened, and so then I was a bit dizzy. So, and I've got a bad headache right now. So I've had that kind of day, and so I'm a little bit discombobulated, and so. That's that's my reason for keeping this a little bit shorter today. So um, hopefully I'm not so discombobulated that what I say doesn't make sense. And so we'll get right to it. Today's episode is about prayer. And there are a lot of people, actually I think most people, have some difficulty in praying. And judging by the fact that you are reading this, you either likely have difficulty praying or have had a tough time praying at some point. I think there are three main reasons why people have issues with prayer. Lack of faith, a fear that they're not good enough for God to listen to their prayers, and pride that keeps us from humbling ourselves before God. I will discuss each of these hindrances to prayer and hopefully help someone and possibly even myself in the process. I would like to say that I've never had problems going to God in prayer, but I would want it to be honest if I said it, and it simply would not be, and therefore I won't say it. It took me a while to figure out why I sometimes have a difficult time praying, and as I already mentioned, there is more than one reason. I'm convinced the reasons that I sometimes find it difficult to pray are fairly universal and are the same reasons other people find it difficult to pray. Even as a child, when I believed in the existence of God as much as I believed in my own existence and that of my family, praying was often difficult, not because I lacked faith in the existence of God, but because I doubted the magnitude of His love and I felt like I had to redeem myself in His eyes before I could approach Him in prayer and especially before he would do anything on my behalf. Whenever I had an important prayer that was not answered, I immediately jumped to the conclusion that it was because I was not worthy enough or because I had not done enough. I didn't grow up viewing God as a vending machine where you insert a prayer and pull out a miracle like some people do today, but rather I viewed God more as an absent father who was difficult, if not impossible, to please. Even today, 
even though I know that God longs to hear from me and that the only way I will ever be right in His eyes is if I go to Him and get His help. I sometimes fall victim to the lie that I have to fix what I have done before I can approach God. But that is not the only problem I have. Despite my knowledge of the Bible, whenever I do something that I know God is displeased with, I have a difficult time approaching God because I feel like I need to somehow redeem myself in His eyes before I can approach His presence. God never leaves us, we leave God. And if we feel distant from God, then we are the ones who has moved. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we have to feel like we are in good standing with God before we can approach Him. But from the beginning, people have felt like it was a requirement. Adam and Eve, the first two people, once they were aware of the fact that they had disobeyed God and did the one thing He asked them not to do, they tried to hide from God. But if you recall from the story, God sought them out and did not abandon them. And despite the fact that He allowed the natural consequences of their sins to affect them, God helped them and their children and spoke to them. Avoiding God when we fall short is like a person who is involved in a serious car crash trying to avoid the doctors until they have healed on their own. We will never be right with God without His help, and we will never get the help to be right with God by running from Him and trying to do it on our own. And it is quite impossible to do it on our own. We know from the Bibles, uh, from Romans 3.23, and by simple observation, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and that if any of us say that we have not sinned, then the truth is not in us. 1 John 1.8 And the one and only way to become right with God is through what Jesus did on the cross. So there is simply no point in avoiding God when we have sinned. And we need Him more when we struggle than ever before. When I was younger, I went through a rather painful divorce. And in order to leave and take whatever she wanted without my interference, my wife called the police and told the lie that I had assaulted her and that I tried to kill her. And as a result of those accusations, I was arrested and placed in county jail. I had never felt so alone, and at times I wanted to pray. But I had convinced myself that there was no God, and as a matter of principle, I refused to pray so that I could say that I got out of my situation without any help from any God. Three long days later, once the court system discovered there was absolutely no evidence that I had done anything wrong, or that anything had been done wrong at all, and once they found out that uh, there was absolutely no evidence at all that my wife had been assaulted, all charges were dropped and I was released. When I got home, almost everything of value was gone, mine, hers, and ours. And as a final slap in the face, my wife had turned the heat up to 90 degrees and left a frozen turkey on the kitchen table. So when I walked through the front door, I about passed out from the smell. And when I walked into the kitchen, I saw maggots cascading over the edges of the table onto the floor like a living waterfall. And the floor was crawling with them. Honestly, it may have been the nastiest thing I have ever seen in my entire life. And I was extremely upset about it, and it took me a long time to forgive my ex-wife, which was the subject of an earlier post. 
But I also blamed God, despite the fact that I claimed to be an atheist, because my wife believed, or at least claimed to believe in God. I tried to convince myself that the reason I refused to pray while in county jail and afterward was because there was no God. But the real reason I refused to pray was because I was blinded by my own pride and arrogance, and I wanted to say that I did it on my own. Kind of like uh, Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. I have, all of my life, had somewhat of an issue asking for help from God or from anyone else. And while most of it was fueled by pride, it was also so that I did not, uh, because I didn't want to burden anyone, including God. I have always been the type of person who would do everything on my own or die trying. Even when it was painfully obvious that I could not do something on my own, I would refuse to ask for help, and I thought that if I couldn't do whatever it was on my own, then I probably didn't deserve it after all. And there was a story I heard once. I don't remember who wrote it or what the name of the story was. Actually, the name of the story was trying to do, a, do the job alone. But I don't remember who wrote it or where I read it. But the man in the story very well could be me. And since I'm doing it by memory, there may be a little off, but basically the story goes like this. There was a man in the hospital, and he was had been injured on the job, and he had to do a fill out a claim at the hospital. And it asked, uh, they sent him a letter and told him that they needed more clarification as to how he injured himself, because he put the reason for his injury was that he was trying to do the job alone. So... He wrote back a letter, and he said that he was a bricklayer by trade, and he was working on a brick building. And when he was uh, finished with the job, he had about 500 pounds of brick left over up on the roof of the building. Well, there was a, a steel bucket on a pulley system that he used to take stuff up and down from the roof. So he went and loaded the 500 pounds of bricks, into the barrel and then he climbed down uh, and he went to the rope and he held the rope tight and he untied it and planted his feet so that he could let the bricks down slowly he said and then I will point you to my weight in column 5 he said you notice that I weigh 135 pounds and the bricks weighed 500 pounds so as soon as I untied the knight the knot, I began a rapid ascent up the side of the building where I met the barrel of bricks coming down in the vicinity of the fifth floor, which broke my collarbone. But luckily, I had the presence of mind not to let go of the rope. And I cascaded up the side of the building until my, until my hand was three knuckles deep into the pulley. At this point, though, they, at this point, though, the uh, barrel hit the bottom, and the bottom came out of the barrel, and now I weighed more than the barrel. The barrel weighed about 50 pounds, and I'll refer you again to column 5, where my weight is 135 pounds. I then began a rather rapid descent down the side of the building, and I again met the barrel in the vicinity of the fifth floor where I broke both of my legs. And then 
I hit the ground. Stare, laying on the ground with several broken bones and staring up at the barrel five stories above me, or ten stories above me, I guess, at that point. He said, I regret to inform you that I did lose my presence of mind and let go of the rope, and it came down and fell on me. And that is how I was injured, trying to do the job alone. And I like to tell that story. I didn't get all the details right, I'm sure, but pretty close. But I like to tell that story because that's kind of the way I've been most of my life. And I've gotten a lot better, but that's the way I had been. And when I was younger, not only did I want to do everything on my own, I also wanted other people to be proud of me for doing it on my own. I think wanting to do everything on my own and feeling that I had to do everything on my own was one of the major reasons why I embraced Mormonism when I was younger. Because Mormonism is all about what we do for ourselves, and very little, if any of it, is about what God did for us. Mormonism is a religion of works, and they believe that even grace has to be earned, which by definition means that it is not grace at all. As uh, the definition of grace is that it is a free and unmerited gift of God. Or... Even if it's not of God, it's it's free and unmerited. So if you earned it, if you, you earned it by some kind of merit, then it's not grace. I firmly believe that pride is one of the biggest things that gets in the way of prayer. Because to properly pray, we must humble ourselves before God and admit that we are lost without Him and that we can do all things with Him but we can do but without him we can do nothing there are a lot of times when we want to think that we are all that and a bag of chips when in reality we are just a hot mess and when we humble ourselves before god we have to face the fact that god is awesome and good and us we're just lucky to be here jesus was not only willing but eager to humble himself before the father so if there was a need for Jesus to humble himself before the Father, then that should be some sort of an indication of how much more we need to humble ourselves before God. I mentioned this in last week's post, but in the story Jesus told about the two men who went up to the temple to pray, which was in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, Jesus told us, uh, Jesus said that the Pharisee and a tax collector went up to pray. And the first man, the Pharisee, only approached the temple to tell God how awesome he was and to list off his own accomplishments, while the tax collector, on the other hand, instead realized that only God was awesome and good and that he was a sinner and he did the correct thing and admitted his fault before God and said, Have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus said the tax collector went away justified where the Pharisee did not. Some of the time when I am faced with some type of temptation, the thought of prayer crosses my mind, as it rightly should. But I don't always do the right thing when I realize my need for prayer. Sometimes I don't pray for help in escaping temptation because I want to prove that I can do it all on my own, which always ends up with me proving the exact opposite. At other times, I don't pray for deliverance when I'm tempted because, if I'm honest, 
I don't actually want to be delivered from the temptation at that moment. Even though I hate myself for giving in to the temptation, the carnal side of me doesn't want me to pray because it knows that if I do, then I would be delivered from the temptation and would not participate in whatever temporary pleasure I would gain from the sin. Sometimes we blame God for not delivering us when we never gave him the chance in the first place. The Bible tells us that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond that which you can bear. But when tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10.13 So if anyone says that they were tempted beyond what they could bear, they are making God out to be a liar. And if they were to examine the situation in an honest way, they would see that God provided a way to escape, but they ran from God headlong toward the sin. While it is good to pray and ask God for forgiveness for sinning, it is far, far better to pray the very instant we are finding that we are tempted instead of avoiding God and allowing the temptation to grow to the point where we think we can no longer resist it. The other major reason many people find it difficult to pray is that their faith is weak. And the longer we go without praying, the weaker our faith will become. The more we pray, regardless of whether or not we see immediate or obvious answers to our prayer, the more faith we have, the more we pray, the more faith we will have. It's difficult to have a relationship with a person when we don't talk to them. And it's not a good relationship if we only talk to them when we need something. I would strongly suggest, and I strive to do this myself with varying levels of success, that we talk to God all throughout the day and not just in a morning or nightly prayer and not just asking for things. We should also tell God what is going on in our lives, not because he doesn't know, but because it will increase our faith in God and will help us to have a lot better relationship with him. I talk to my mother all the time, uh, pretty much every day, and not just when I think she can help me with something. I talk to my mother all the time about the most mundane things, and we have a great relationship. I sometimes think God doesn't want to hear that, or God doesn't care about that, but according to Jesus, not one hair falls from our heads without God knowing and caring about it. If God takes notice of the random hair that I lose, then he certainly cares about my day at work, what I'm struggling with, the things I'm excited about, and the rest of my daily life. God is good all the time. But if we only approach God when we need something, and then complain because we did not get what we think we deserve, then we are not allowing ourselves to know the goodness of God or the richness of his love for us. A few weeks ago in church, uh, one of the things that my pastor talked about is that he said in all his years he'd never seen a parent when they're teaching their child to walk, when they would get mad and yell at their child when their child would fall while trying to walk and berate them or make fun of them for not being able to walk. And he said a lot of us are afraid that when we fall that God is going to be just be mad at us. But God is a loving parent and instead of being mad at us for failing, he uh, helps us up and encourages us to try again. And he's proud of the progress we made, not 
angry because we didn't make more progress. And when we look at God as a loving father rather than as some angry judge, we can have a lot better relationship with him. And I think when we look at him in that light, I mean, obviously we still have to respect him as a person would respect their father, but also we have to respect him as our God. But when we look at him as a loving father, instead of some angry judge, we will definitely have a lot better relationship with him and we will want to talk to him and we'll want to go to him with our problems and we will know that he cares about us and that he wants to help us with our problems and that he wants to hear from us. Prayer is important and even when it is difficult to do, it's a worthwhile pursuit and we will never be sorry that we prayed. Thanks for listening and God bless. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast. Please rate and review this show and share it with your friends and family. You are loved.